Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Electronic music was born from the ideals of diversity, community, and inclusivity. Yet in the last two years, only 7% of Billboard's top 100 DJs were women. Filmed over the summer festival season, Underplayed presents a portrait of the current status of the gender, ethnic, and sexual equality issues through the lens of female pioneers, next-generation artists, and industry leaders who are championing the change and inspiring a more diverse pool of role models for future generation. The film is called Underplayed, and we'll see people in this film such as Rez, Alice in Wonderland, Sherelle, Toki Monsta, Nervo, Tiger Paw as well. So many wonderful artists in this film that I wasn't familiar with. Probably butchered some of their names in that process of telling you about them. But nonetheless, this is something you'll want to check out. Whether you're an Electronica fan or not, you should check this out. It's just a very well done documentary film about music. What else could be better? And about gender equity and a lot of other things. It's a very, very well done film. We're joined today by the director of the film. And that would be Stacy Lee. Stacy, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, pleasure to be here. Thank you for taking the time. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you. Yeah, for sure. My film, the film industry itself, uh, also suffers suffers from a you know a diversity issue. There are a lot of parallels between you know my own experience, kind of breaking through in this creative field as a filmmaker, and a lot of what we were kind of I was seeing and hearing in the electronic music industry. We talked offline briefly and. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you you have a, a love of all music, might not know the specificities of, of the ins and outs of electronic music. And I was the same when I started this film. Um, I, I came from a place of um, really loving music and particularly the very various forms of expression of music. And I always thought electronic music was progressive, you know, just by sheer nature of technology and everything that that's used for it. So when I came across and did a little bit of research into, you know, the statistics behind who was creating music um, and whose voices were kind of, you know, rising to the top of the scene, I was pretty shocked by those statistics. Annenberg did a study in the film industry and, and, and film composers, all, all of the creative fields are really suffering from a diversity issue. And this is also in a post Me Too kind of movement. So it's kind of, it's strange that even though there's been a lot of rhetoric around these themes, that unfortunately it's not translating into the representation we see across multiple kind of creative industries. I'm sure many other industries as well, the tech industry, politics, et cetera, et cetera. Before I began this film, I did a bunch of research and just started speaking with a lot of people, various sides of the industry, not just the DJs and producers, but, you know, the business side of things. And also across genders, because this isn't, it might, uh, you know, affect predominantly women, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's on our shoulders to solve the problem. You know, this, like all things, um, you're screaming into a void if you're just talking to the same people over and over again about the same issues. So it was very important to me to make a film that obviously represented diversity of voices and diversity of musical styles. But it was also important not just to make a film that presented the problems, but to actually offer up the solution and actually maybe even lead by example by seeing these women in the creative process, by seeing these women out on stage. So it's much less about 
woe is me and more about here's what I do and I think you felt that way when you were watching the film that you you were opened up to a lot of artists and sounds and and all the rest of it that you might not have otherwise discovered and that was you know that's that's a huge compliment when you said that to me because that's genuinely what we set out to achieve there's a lot of great music in here but as you alluded to there are some serious issues in that there's no good reason for it there's no good reason for this to not be an area of the arts where women are just as ascendant as men are. There's nothing about a lack of creativity. In fact, I really, one of the, my favorite parts of the film is you go back to the origins of electronic or electronic music. Let me, let me, before we go any further, is it, do you refer to it as electronic? Is it proper? Is electronica? Is that another, is that another version of electronic music or is that a different sort of category? The, the beauty of electronic music is that it is a huge spectrum of things <laughs> that, um, you know, basically it's any music that's created through the means of, you know, technology or technologies infiltrated into the process. So it really encompasses many, many, many genres. And electronica was a specific type of genre at a certain point in time. All of those words are correct. You know what I mean? And they're constantly evolving and constantly changing. So there's almost, it's impossible to get it wrong. And it's also right. impossible to get it right. So. <laughs> right. Well, in, in my, in my brief amount of time around electronic music, there has been, there's been chill house, acid, uh, acid, house, yeah. acid house, mm -hmm. uh, electronica, drum and bass. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's probably who knows how many, I'm not even going to try to not even going to speculate, but there's yeah, endless <laughs> amount of, and it's funny how in, again, my limited exposure, something, a new category will come along and everybody flocks to that and mm -hmm. says, Oh, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And then it sort of broadens the spectrum. And that's the other thing. This is a music that is very much a boundary breaking kind of music. So, and on top of everything else, that we you were talking about because of an underplayed. The reason this we're talking about the film is the lack of diversity. The music itself is is boundary breaking, mm -hmm. and but it doesn't follow that it's boundary breaking behind the electronic keyboard or the computer or whatever. But as I started to talk about, the very origin story for electronic music is women were very much a part of that. Let's talk a little bit about that, the, sort of the origin story, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that notion and, you know, Susan Chiani is, is an incredible uh, artist who's been in the electronic scene for a very, very long time. Back in the day, they used to call it new age music. That's how, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they defined her that's music. True. <laughs> it's true. Kind of to new age music. She, you know, when we spoke to her in the film, only previously that year, had she been in a kind of a pioneer's workshop over in, in London where she heard for the first time Delia Derbyshire, who is herself a pioneer in the space. And she could not believe that she'd gone her entire life on almost an island as being one of the only women within the space that she knew about and, and all the rest of it. And she'd heard this fellow artist who'd been creating, contributing on a completely different uh, continent and she just cried. She just could not believe that this feeling of the sisterhood of these incredible women who, you know, quite often I always found that image quite striking of the twin set with the pearls creating this very avant-garde sound. And, you know, lots of blips and blobs and slicing, you know, reel to reels. Like it was insanely technical. 
And that story and the many, many women who kind of contribute to that space really was just so inspiring to me because people always talk about, oh, why aren't there more women? And it makes the story even more um, challenging (laughs) when you realize not only have women been, you know, hugely influential in in terms of the, 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 the growth of the space, but their stories have been forgotten. To be able to, you know, trace that lineage and to be able to show, you know, so many of the artists today were like, oh, I didn't really have role models, I didn't see. But to be able to see these incredible women who throughout history have been contributing, innovating, progressing this space is just such an integral part of this story because it just makes it all the more, you know, confrontational that we are where we are in terms of where diversity is. Not just that, but you know, as electronic music began to become more popular, the the very, very uh, commercially popular, you know, genres of of house music and techno were born out of the Black, Hispanic, LGBTQ plus communities who were so groundbreaking and creating these spaces that were all about inclusivity, all about just creating a space to be free and to listen to this music. Like it's in the very bones of the genre diversity. It's so incredibly important. And and for me to be able to go back and tell these stories and honor them really kind of, for me, was important because it, it just reminds us like, how do we get back to that? How do we come back around to that? These women who are rising up today aren't a new phenomena. They've been around forever. These diverse voices creating these sounds should not be held back because they're not on the top 100. They should be heard. That The space should be broken open because it only makes the world a richer oral sound, you know? Right. So it's a hugely, hugely important part of the story. I think it just gives it, you know, transcends the current generation where we are today. Because even to get to EDM, there was many, 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 many diverse voices that kind of contributed to inspiring those people to, to get to where they are now. You know, it's interesting, that that answer, there's just a number of doors that I want to <laughs> open up here and talk about. But going back to the early days, I'll say, I'll go say the mid 80s, somewhere right, right around there, where you were seeing these pop-up parties called raves, and there was the kind of electronica music was being played. And then, and then you could see it bubbling up into more popular culture, but much of it through the LGBTQ communities, of the, of these very diverse communities that was coming to the attention of others. And then at some point, it just exploded. It was like this bubbling thing where, where all of a sudden everyone in the world knew about it and everybody in the world were going to these massive festivals. But I'm leaping way ahead in the story because really, and again, I come back to this, it's hard to imagine a genre of music that's more diverse and more, that's the word, diverse and more boundary breaking. That's a word, it just keeps coming back. And the fact that women are not a part of this to the degree that they should be is, is heartbreaking. But in the film, you mentioned Suzanne Gianni and how we see her creating music at the very beginning of the film. And then you kind of weave all of these stories together with emerging artists like Tiger Paw, Sherelle, women of color and, and their frustrations. We So th- th- there's that. And then we weave into the history of the, the, of the music and then into sort of the institutional barriers that exist with festivals, the lack of diversity at these festivals, which is really where these artists break through. It, it, it's all here. And I, I mean, I, I, I applaud you for your ability to kind of 
weave a lot of different stories into this narrative, into this documentary film. By the way, it's called Underplayed. You can go to underplayedthefilm.com to find out more about it, how you can screen it, how you can watch it yourself. Congratulations on the storytelling, the sort of the nuts and bolts of the storytelling. But let's talk about some of these artists. Rez is someone who's broken through. But talk about some of these other people that we you highlight in, in the film. Yeah, sure. We'll take one step back. You know, a question yeah. I get asked uh, a lot about is the selection of artists, you know, that we chose to feature within the film because um, it's really it's really challenging to you telling a story about diversity. So for us, we really had to reflect the many different experiences of uh, the artists breaking through from the mainstream but also from the underground. And they're two very different ecosystems and within electronic music itself. The artists that are in the underground, you know, they're coveted because they find sounds and it's almost better to, to have something that is super rare. It's much more coveted in that sense. Where in the mainstream, you know, the more popular you are, the, the more chance you have of going up the, the top 100 and all the rest of it. So they're two very different ecosystems, but they do overlap. And they have, you know, obviously the struggles are the same. And that's something I really discovered in the early phases of the film is that what I was hearing over and over again, it didn't matter where that you fell within the spectrum of popularity or financial kind of compensation, the themes were really, really similar. It was really important for us to not only tell a story that focused on both these kind of ecosystems, but also the diversity of electronic music styles. So techno to EDM to, you know, all the all the different genres that kind of, you know, footwork and 180 or 160, sorry, which Sherelle does, then of cross time. <laughs> so the pioneers of, of trying to like, you know, Susan Chiani being one of those and kind of tracing that lineage to where we are today. So that those voices were really, really important. And then also, you know, as you touched on just then, the story leads with the gender issue because that's half of the population that can kind of relate to that. But it goes deeper than that. And, and Tiger Paul is a really great example of that. You know, it's not just hard for, for women to break through, but women of color. The statistics are even worse. You know, I think in uh, technical and production roles, Annenberg's study found that only 4% of women are represented in technical and production roles. So that's the creation of music. That's the decision of making of what sounds we hear and what sounds we don't. Can you imagine 4%? It's the same people making the decisions over and over again. So there's really a lack of diversity there, which means we imagine what we're not hearing. All these sounds of 4% of people are making the decisions in the other 96%, you know, like what are those sounds that we're not hearing? What are those decisions we're not making about every decision that gets made in that studio? And for women of color is 0.4% representation. It's astounding, you know, it's really astounding when you think about how many of them were so influential in the, the kind of creation of this industry. And and Tiger Paul's story in particular is, is very, very challenging. She talks about obviously just trying to break into this and how hard it is. And that leads to one theme that I find incredibly inspiring throughout the film, which is female entrepreneurship. Doesn't matter if you're Rez, who's, you know, topping the what top 100 festival headliner, all the rest of it. She still had an incredibly tough time breaking into the scene. You know, when she, her solution for that was to do every part of the creative process herself. She doesn't just make her own music. She engineers it, you know, she's he heavily involved. Same with Alice in Wonderland, like, Every piece of artwork that's designed for an album cover, 
they decide. There's not this, um, there's, always, there's kind of this misconception with a lot of the artists themselves that they're just the image. You know, they're the image that's out on stage and everything else is someone else behind the scenes doing it for them. Through the making of this film, we we discovered it was the absolute antithesis, antithesis of that. Rez, Alice in Wonderland, Nervo, in the minutia. Like, I'm surprised they even have time to tour. <laughs> they're so busy. And have two babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just in the weeds, deciding creatively and, and having that ownership because for so long throughout time, Susan Chiani talked about this too, you know, unless you're there doing it, your legacy gets taken away from you, you know. So that was a really a necessity for a lot of the women, whether they're in the mainstream or the underground. You know, for Tigerpore and in Shirelle as well, they where they couldn't find the spaces to represent them, to 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 be here to have their music heard in club nights or a label to put their release their EP, they create their own because they have to. And that's really, it's, it's challenging financially, you know, time-wise, all of these things. They're not just teaching themselves how to make the music. They're teaching themselves how to, you know, promote the music, how to create the audience for their music, because other people weren't going to, the, the systems of the industry itself aren't set up to for support diversity right now. And there's no one to blame. There's no... Um, one kind of person that's responsible it's a larger kind of systematic thing from the festivals that are choosing the artists to the media that are reporting on who's you know who gets the cover art and who who gets their ep you know talked about and all the rest of it it's a huge system-wide uh, problem and that's kind of what you know the biggest challenge with this film we're trying to represent diversity so we're trying to represent the diversity of music and who we choose to be in it but we also had to show the many sides of the business that are contributing to it and also offering up solutions. So it made, from an editing point of view, an insanely complicated story to tell with so many voices, but a necessity, you know, it's it's a necessity. You can't tell the story without lending credence to the many voices and the many sides of the business uh, contributing or not contributing to the story. So that's a large part about who we chose to be in the film. And it was complicated, you know, I didn't want to leave someone out. And you know, I, I would just, just by sheer nature of trying to be diverse, there's always opening yourself up to like, oh, did you talk to so-and-so or did you not talk to so-and-so? And we only had a three-month window to shoot this whole thing in as well. And Was that the festival circuit? Is that kind of the time frame you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're in three different continents. It wasn't like we were just, we, had, we, we were flying and trying to be relevant and also have a depth of a story with enough characters. So you really were able to trace their yeah. um, growth or, or struggle throughout a season. So yeah, there's a lot to, lot to take into account there. <laughs> yeah, there is. The film's underplayed and we're talking with the director, Stacey Lee. It's good to meet these women in this film. It, they're They're all... Well, they're all different. Obviously, they're different to see each one of them has had some very serious sort of institutional or structural issues to overcome in their story and how many of them in the story uh, are giving back, are teaching the next generation of electronic artists, women who want to get into the field. Um, they're giving back to that. Uh, I think it's Alice in Wonderland who who has her the, the first time where she has all women on stage with her. It's just great to see. It's like what you're talking about with Alice in Wonderland was that was a really great way of actually demonstrating both the issue and the solution. You know, in the film, we had there's a moment where 
you know, she's she's preparing for a tour and she's saying over and over again, you know, her cans aren't working. It's there's something going wrong with, you know, what she's hearing. The sound and how, engineer. She's yeah. able to actually, you know, project her sound. And she's saying over and over again that she's having a problem and she's having a problem and she really isn't listened to. And this is someone who's the top of their game, the DJ magazine's fastest rising artist. She is, and she's musically super talented, was a, a cellist for the Sydney Orchestra. Like, she, this isn't someone who's just presses a button and, you know, raises her hands in the air like, you know, this is all I do. She genuinely, sonically creates every single sound with what she does. So when she says there's a problem, it's not like she's coming from a background of no experience and not even knowing how music works. She genuinely composed everything that she does. In the film, you know, the sound engineer who's kind of, you know, manning and and doing it just isn't listening to her over and over again to the point where he doesn't even talk to her directly. He only talks to her manager uh, who happens to be male. That is just a case in point right there. Obviously, he doesn't realize that, that he's doing this, but she wants to surround herself with people, very simple problem. Hey, something's not working. Oh, cool. Let me just tweak something. Is that working now? Yeah, great. Cool. Let's move on. That issue went over and over and over again. It ruined an entire rehearsal for her because she wasn't able to be listened to or, or her, her what she was hearing, you know, have enough respect to be like, oh, let me fix that for you. So she changed. She got a, a female engineer into that role and immediately she was able to move on and do her job and do her job well and and you know she's she's got a, a multi-piece orchestra behind her that she's conducting and tweaking and sonically building all the arrangements like that right there is a case it's not just safety but it's the community around you that you surround yourself with so that you can be free to be a creative person you have to really be super vulnerable you put your everything on the line even yeah. someone like David Bowie they literally to create themselves there's this you know, a a whole orchestra of things that you need to do to put yourself out on stage. When you aren't respected or listened to, you really aren't able to be that vulnerable person that's putting your art out there. You're always holding something back. Creating that space where for her to be surrounded by women and to know that all of them are having an opportunity they've never had before is just means that creatively you're getting something that potentially is going to be even more special because everyone's feeling safe, but more importantly, everyone's giving it their all. That's exactly and if what it felt. Or a musician or a music music fan, what more could you ask for? That that's what it felt like when I was watching that particular part of the film. Was seeing them on stage. They were all wearing like a white jumpsuit, uh, hoodies kind of thing. Very looked very comfortable. They were comfortable. It wasn't about how sexy they looked. Exactly. It was about how comfortable they were. Exactly. exactly. Different perspective. I'm curious, uh, Stacey Lee, director of Underplate, how many of the artists in the film have seen the film? All of them. And if, just in terms of, you don't have to be specific about any particular reaction, but what kind of feedback did you get, generally speaking? Well, it's a great question, actually. There was a lot of trust, a lot of all of us being vulnerable in the making of this film to get them on board. You know, the One of the great challenges of this particular issue is that you know, being a woman in the music industry has been an issue that's been talked about and talked about and talked about. And the the women are just sick of being asked it. They want to be asked about the craft of their work. They want to be asked about, this, you know, the, all these other kind of things. So one that was one of the greatest barriers to actually signing people on board to this project because they were like, great, another project that's talking about being a woman in the industry. Can't I just make music? So we had to get past that. We had to get past that by, you know, really showing them that this is going to be something different. This is going to be a film that actually 
shows you at work. So the, the issues, you know, we, we move beyond them. We can see how incredibly talented you are because we're watching you at work. We're watching you on stage. We're watching you, you know, command your team. And that's empowerment. That's being able to them have uh, show what they're capable of. Selling it that way was really, really important. But it also meant on the back end, you know, that, you know, putting the film and showing that to these artists, I wanted to, so important as a filmmaker that I'm being true to who yeah. they are. Yeah. And every single one of them has a different personality and every single one of them has a different goal, aspiration. So it was a very personal kind of endeavor to actually present the film to each and every one of them. Uh, it happened around the beginning of COVID time too. So some of this is I was able to travel and then that was kind of shut down. Um, so I, I did do some personal presentations, but others, it was very scary hitting, writing a very personal email and my, about my intentions and my thoughts and my feelings, much like they would do with presenting an album and then hitting send and being like, Ooh, what's going to happen, you know? But the resounding feedback, and that's a very long-winded way of me saying that the resounding feedback of this though was that, most of them, just like Susan Chiani, did not know about her sisterhood of, you know, fellow electronic artists. They could not get over, you know, they were so excited to see all these different voices. Now, obviously not just see their, their, their story presented with truth and integrity and, and their vision represented in a way that wasn't just like, whoa, I'm another woman. But to be able to know that the, the, they were most excited to learn, A, about some of these other artists, or B, hear some of these other artists talk about the same issues that they're experiencing because with so few women at the top and so few women uh, you know there's this there's just no community amongst them yeah. because there's normally what happens is there's just once you've got one woman as the headline artist they're like the festival organizer like great tick to that box moving on so it never means that Alison Wonderland or Rez are very rarely at the same festival because it's either one of them headlining or the other. And they know of each other and they've subsequently developed a great friendship and, and all the rest of it. But that seems to be what kind of happens. So to actually be able to see the processes and hear this very similar themes running through, it was really, that was the, the beauty of it. You know, I remember the screening with Rez, she was watching the film and like live tweeting all the other artists, like at Nervo, at Tigerpore, oh my God, at Toki Monster, like just commenting. She was like that. She just couldn't get over. Not just her scenes, obviously, which she was curious about how they were going to be treated, but just how the others like, oh my gosh, you got so-and-so. Oh my gosh, they were doing this or they felt this way or this was happening. As a filmmaker was the best feeling, you know. <laughs> that's great. Well, and that's one of the things about um, getting to a goal uh, especially in an organized way. And that is knowing that there's someone else out there that is experiencing what I'm experiencing. I think that's the key to any movement, any kind of attempt to change a system is knowing that I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one who's experiencing this. I'm not the only one who's going through these things that are preventing me from getting to where I need to go. And that is a huge thing. That's a huge part of any movement or any kind of a real change. So well, um, just amongst the artists themselves, but and my hope is too the audience watching this, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or your background or your color or any of these sorts of things right. to be able to see that it's not just, 
it's you know it has been challenges and these are the very similar challenges could take place for them and that's the that's that's what a role model is isn't it it's like the, what we're trying to create with this film is a plethora of role models exactly. that come from different things that anyone could look at and go I can be that uh, someone says in the film if you can't see it you can't be it that's the way to solve this problem is to really be able to see the diversity uh, up on stage or behind the scenes or whatever it is congratulations on the film congratulations on that feedback thank you for sharing that with us and i look forward to hearing from rez alice in wonderland sherelle toki monster nervo and others uh, tiger paw i think uh, yeah i think and there's others in the film and i'm happy so happy that we were able to spend some time talking about underplayed uh, again, let me let people know that they can go to underplayedthefilm.com to find out more about the film, how you can watch it. Starting March 8th is when it'll be on its global release. Amazon Prime Video. It looks like there's a number of other platforms. Amazon's uh, Music's Twitch channel. Well, Stacey Lee, thank you so very much for spending some time with us. Thank you for the film Underplayed. Thank you, Stacey Lee. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.